Beloved Church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, after Christ had ascended into heaven, John was in exile on the island of Patmos for his faith. And while he was there, he had a vision that allowed him to look into heaven. You can see that in chapter 4, verse 1. The door to heaven was standing open. The mediator, Jesus Christ, had opened that door for him. And the revelation of Christ given to John is given to comfort the church in the midst of persecution. Chapter 4 describes that majestic throne in heaven and includes the song of the angels that praises God for creation. You can see that in chapter 4, verse 11. For you created all things. And then in chapter 5, the Lord Jesus reveals that He was the one who was worthy to take the scroll from the right hand of one who was seated on the throne. Now the Lord Jesus speaks in a way that would have been understandable to the first readers of the book of Revelation. Since they knew the Old Testament, when they heard the words that we just read in Revelation chapter 5, they would have remembered the mention of another scroll that had been brought, revealed quite a bit earlier in the history of redemption. The scroll, the book, mentioned in Daniel chapter 12, also in Isaiah 29 and Ezekiel chapter 1. It was a book that had been sealed until the end of time in anticipation of the coming of a deliverer who would be at the central point at the history of Revelation. So without getting into all the details of Daniel 12, we can, we can summarize it that way. It's something at the end of the time, the deliverer would come right in the middle of the whole history of redemption, and the people were waiting for this promised deliverer. They were thinking of that sealed scroll. And from the Old Testament, the church would have understood that the scroll of Revelation chapter 5 was a scroll that contained the will of God. It was a scroll that contained the judgments of the, of the wicked and also the names of all God's elect who would be redeemed through the blood of the mediator. So with John, the church understands that by taking the scroll and, and opening its seals, the Lord Jesus was enacting the final part of God's saving plan, which would bring redemption and deliverance to his suffering church. John also knew why it was so important to open the scroll. And he wept bitterly. We read that. He wept bitterly at the thought of a life with the scroll still sealed. John recognized that if the scroll could not be opened, if the scroll remained sealed, that meant that there was no mediator who was found for the church. That meant that all his fellow Christians who were being slaughtered on the earth around him, they were being slaughtered for a faith that was futile. You see why John 
was weeping. And there was no one in all the earth who could take that scroll and bring the fullness of redemption to the people. And do you see how joyful that the words of the elder in chapter or verse 5 would have been? He says, weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered. He's announcing the victory of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. It's a most joyful announcement in in all the earth, even thinking in in eternity. Christ Jesus has conquered. And so as we're entering into the activities of this year, we can do that with that vision in our mind, the vision of Revelation 5, with the song of victory in our hearts. And I preach to you the, the reason for our eternal song under the theme that Jesus Christ has the authority to unlock the final part of God's plan. And we'll see, worthy is the Lamb and worship the Lamb. So one of the 24 elders in verse 5, he announced the victory of the promised Messiah. He announced this victory to a world that deserved to remain under the dominion of the devil and the wrath of God because of all the sins and rebellion. And yet God was remembering his covenant promises. Chapter, in verse 5, you can see the references to the Old Testament again, to old promises that God had, had made many years before. He remembered the promise he spoke through the blessing that Jacob had given to his son Judah in Genesis 49, announcing that the scepter shall not depart from the, from the line of Judah who was like a lion. Here he's talking again about the lion of the tribe of Judah. And right after that, the Lord is explaining that he is remembering the prophecy that he spoke through the prophet Isaiah that you can read in chapter 11 of of Isaiah where the Lord promised that the root of Jesse who would be born as a descendant or a shoot of Jesse would stand as a signal or a banner under which people from all over the world could stand and enjoy peace and safety. It's one small little sentence in our text. and It brings the weight of promises that the people had been waiting for for centuries. Then he says, he has conquered. Messiah the root of David, the lion of the tribe of Judah, he has has conquered. Saying he's, he's managed to do what he set out to do. He completed his mission. It was a a glorious announcement. That Messiah we've been waiting for all these years, he's, he's done it. John was able then to see the victorious Messiah the one who had conquered. He saw it in in his vision. As you look at verse 6, it it continues to to explain. And, And between the throne, I saw 
not a majestic king, a majestic lamb. The lamb was standing, was not lying dead on the ground, even though he had marks on him of being slain. And the explanation that John gives about the meaning of the seven eyes, you could see that in, in those verses there, verse 6, the seven eyes, he's given an explanation that actually refer, that refers to the, the spirit. But when we read that, we realize, okay, this lamb is not just your typical, ordinary, created sheep. And his form, the form that John saw was symbolic. That means it was sending a message to the church about their Lord Jesus Christ. And the first readers reading that John saw a lamb, they would have remembered seeing the lambs that were slain for the Passover sacrifices. The lamb was a sign of God's grace in saving his people from the slavery of Egypt when the angel of death passed over their houses so that they might continue to worship their Savior. When they saw that John had seen a lamb, they would have remembered the prophecy of Isaiah 53 that compared their Messiah to a lamb that was led to the slaughter. The lamb was a symbol, a sign of the Son of God's willingness to humble himself, to come into the world, to serve, to die for sinners on a cross, give his own life as a ransom for many. Well, everyone who knows the Scriptures knows that that lamb that John saw in heaven was Jesus Christ who had been lifted up right back into glory after he had died on a cross. And this was confirmed by the horns and the eyes that John saw on the Lamb in heaven. A horn is a symbol of of strength. And the number seven is a symbol of fullness. So it was a message saying that Jesus Christ, who is a lamb, who died, who suffered, who humbled himself, who served you, he is powerful right now. He has the fullness of power and strength. There he was in heaven. Seven eyes gained the fullness. Seven eyes would remind the readers of the prophecy of Zechariah, chapter 3 to 4 where the seven eyes are associated with God's all-powerful, His omnipotent Spirit that was now also all-knowing, all-seeing, sovereign, almighty Lamb. And so in the the blessing of the Trinity, when we hear the blessing Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, That greeting at the beginning of Revelation, the seven spirits. You know that, right, children? When you receive the blessing from the Father and and the throne and 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 the Son and the seven spirits who are before His throne, you remember that blessing? That's a reference to the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, being sent out from the throne of God and from the Lamb onto us. That's what John was seeing in his vision. 
You could see it, say it another way. You could say he was seeing Pentecost from heaven's viewpoint, from, from the other side. We see it from below. He had the vision of Pentecost, the Lamb with the Spirit coming down into the world. It's a beautiful vision. It's a glorious sight to see for a persecuted Christian. His Lord was the majestic Lamb in heaven. And when he got there, he had not forgotten his church on earth. The Lord, as he remembered his promises, sent his Lamb who remembered his church, his brothers and sisters who were being persecuted, who were suffering under the effects of the fall, who were longing for the consummation of all things. The Lamb remembered and he approached the throne and he took the scroll. That's what the angels are celebrating. Look at, look at their song. Worthy are you to take the scroll, to open the, the, the seals. They're celebrating the effectiveness of the death of Jesus Christ. They're seeing, they're celebrating that Christ's death had good results for God's people. They praise God because Jesus' human blood was the currency that was used to ransom people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You see that in verse 9 in their song? The heavenly creatures sing their praises because Jesus Christ was slain so that he might become worthy to serve as an eternal mediator for the church. A mediator is one who stands between God and his people. One who opens doors, who, who leads us into the presence of God. Salvation is God's work. His self-sacrificial love. His purchase. His victory over death. His work as mediator made him worthy to take the scroll and to bring the church to the saving grace of God. And Jesus Christ wants you to know that. He wants you to know that. And that's why he, he showed this to John. We could read it together. In the new song, you see the new song that was sung in verse 9 and 10. Praise is the Lamb. Because he made the people he ransomed a kingdom of, and priests to our God. And they shall reign on the earth. Again, the, the Holy Spirit is, is taking promises from the Old Testament. The promise of Exodus 19 verse 6 that says that you will be a holy nation. A kingdom of priests. And he combines it with Daniel 7 that says that's going to be applied universally to all the world, all the nations. God is bringing it together. And so now the, the heavenly creatures in heaven are singing. God is doing everything he said. Christ makes us a kingdom and priests to serve our God. The kingdom of priests is, is a kingdom in which everybody loves the Lord. Everybody wants to serve him. 
They sing psalms like we did in, in Psalm 141, where, where we said we want to have a guard over our mouths. We, we want to serve the Lord. We want to obey the law. That's a, a kingdom of priests embracing the forgiveness of sins through the lamb, through the sacrifice. You are that kingdom. You are those priests. And the gospel is that Jesus Christ is the lamb in heaven and he has sovereign authority and power to make you reign on the earth. The sovereign authority that Jesus Christ has gained through his redemptive work on the earth, that's the the, the central theme. That's the message of Revelation 5. Jesus Christ has sovereign authority over everything and through all time. Jesus Christ has unlocked the final part of God's saving plan. We don't need to weep. We are not to be pitied more than all men for having a futile faith like Paul speaks of in 1 Corinthians. We're not wrong about the truth, what we believe. As he did in the days of Exodus with with Moses, God established his appointed mediator so that he could deliver us from the slavery to sin and bring us into the promised land. Salvation has been secured and guaranteed through Christ's work. And so God can assure you, his saints, that you will persevere through all the judgments and through all the punishments that will be released against God's enemies. When Christ opens the scroll and brings the world into the next unfolding stage of history, that's what the later chapters are describing. The Lamb of God is the mediator who has opened the will and the testament, the scroll, in order to bring all those who believe in Him to their promised inheritance. And led by His Spirit, we want to worship Him. You see what happened? Seeing that the Lamb was worthy to take the scroll, the heavens erupt with song and worship. First, we read about the inner circle of the living creatures and elders around the throne. They were the ones who began singing a new song. The 24 elders, we read, each have a golden a harp and a golden bowl full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. That's in verse 8. The prayers are like incense. That's what we sang in Psalm 141. And we note also that there's some musical accompaniment in the vision of heaven's worship. And the word used for prayers is, is a word we could also, uh, we use as requests or petitions. And the full bowls point to the, the full number of people crying out to God for deliverance. And so the church receiving the written version of John's vision They can know that their prayers are being heard. They're being gathered together, even though the filling of the bowls may take some time and their suffering may not end immediately. 
And so you see the vision as you're praying through your suffering, as you're bringing those prayers up. You can see that they're filling bowls like incense, filling a bowl. Well, the heavenly creatures in the inner circle, they respond to the Lamb's worthiness with a psalm, a song that simply just repeats what Jesus is doing. They're praising God for Christ's work. You can look at it. They're just saying what he did. Like all faithful gospel preaching, the heavenly beings repeat what they have seen the Lamb do. And they tell the world that the Lamb is worthy to be that mediator, to take the scroll. It's an announcement of the continual intercession for the church and his sovereign authority over all things to come. And so that inner circle is, is singing, is describing what Jesus Christ has done. And then look at verse 11. And then I looked and around the throne, there's a second heavenly choir that begins to sing. They're standing outside the inner circle. And so the choir grows from the throne and then goes outward like the ripples that spread out in the still water of a pond when you throw a stone into the middle, into the water. The concentric circles going out. And then there's voices. Voices of hundreds of thousands of angels joining in the worship. It started in the middle. And then the next level, they respond to the announcement that the Lamb is worthy to take the scroll by declaring that the Lamb is also worthy of the glory He is receiving. Look at that in verse 12. He is worthy of the praise that God Himself receives because Jesus Christ, the Lamb who unlocks the history for the rest of the world, is true God. And then the angels describe the kind of worship that is fitting for the Lamb of God who ransoms his people. They use language that is similar to David's prayer of praise to God in 1 Chronicles 29, verses 10 to 13. It's, it's language that's familiar to the people. And it's also language that is found in the final part of the Lord's prayer. The prayer that our Lord Jesus taught the church. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Well, the Lamb is worthy to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might. Do you recognize, do you feel that? Do you understand that that is the worship that our Lamb, our Savior, deserves? And do you see that the fullness of life that is included in the words of the angels. He is worthy to receive all your resources of wealth and wisdom and might. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. The angels' proclamation, it urges us to also worship the Lord with all our being, with all our possessions, because that lamb is everything. It's above everything else. Nothing else is worthy. And so the angels are calling us, 
with that announcement of his victory, they're calling us trust in him. Give God all the glory. Worship the Lamb with sevenfold praise, the fullness of your being. And so the last part of the universe enters into the heavenly song. We started with the throne. Then we went to the next level, all those angels. And then it goes to all the universe. You see that in verse 13. That same group who was unable to produce a mediator and a savior who was worthy to open the scroll. They were, they were searching all over the world to find someone who was worthy. They could find no one. Then the announcement was made in that same group, every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea, and all that is in them, say together to Him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Every creature will respond to the angel's announcement that the Lamb is worthy of the glory due to God. Everyone will recognize that Jesus is Lord. Didn't we sing that together in hymn 23? 5 and 6, that's Philippians 2. But when we think of the descriptions of the day of judgment revealed in Revelation 20, it would appear that even those who will be punished for persisting in their rebellion against the Lord on the earth, they will be forced by the truth of Christ's victory to bow their knee before our Lord. And the song of all creation is the obedient response of the church to the song of the angels who were responding to the four living creatures. Well, this reply to the angels' declaration. It's beautifully captured in hymn 27 where we will sing, Worthy the Lamb that died, they cry, to be exalted thus. That's a reference to the angels. And then we continue, Worthy the Lamb, let us reply, for He was slain for us. Worship the Lord with the words of the angels ascribing blessing and glory and honor and might to our triune God forever. And that great crescendo is closed off by the four living creatures who say, Amen. They declared that it was all true and certain. And the elders, they fell down and they worshipped. And John could know that everything was going to be okay. All Christians suffering under the cross can know that nothing in heaven or on earth can separate them from the love of God for them in Christ Jesus. That saving plan of God is going to go forward just as He promised. All that Old Testament promises fulfilled in Christ, well, it's going to keep going. But the Lamb in heaven He's the mediator of everyone who believes in Him. And with this song in our minds and in our hearts and on our lips, we are prepared for whatever the scroll contains. And it contains some pretty powerful 
judgments and punishments on the earth. Our future is in the hands of the Lamb who was slain for us. The sovereign, almighty, omniscient, all-knowing, or all-seeing, all-knowing Messiah who gave his very life so that we might live with God forever. The song of the church is a song of confidence. You can go forward and you know your Lord has the victory. You have the victory in him. Maybe it's like the Lord said to Daniel at the very end. He said, go our way till the end. And you shall rest, shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. The Lamb is worthy of your worship. Sing with confidence every day of your life. For if you believe in Jesus Christ, all that John saw in that vision is true for you as well. Amen.